Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Day 2 Free Agency Frenzy Recap. Will Brinson, joined by Pete Prisco and Jason Lockenford, taking times out of their busy schedule to do their own sort of podcast. Pete, how is Fort Lauderdale, and are you enjoying your time on CBS Sports HQ, which is a live streaming network that everybody should check out, either smartphone, Roku, or Apple TV? It is great. I mean, you know why? Because anytime there's a lot of me on that network, it's a good thing for the network, if I don't say so myself. But it's been hectic. You guys know. Today's been wild, man. It's, a, it's, it's funny money day. That's what today is. All these average players getting funny money from, from teams who are desperate to try and fill their spots and spend their money. It's crazy. No doubt about it. Yeah. Jason, the biggest uh, signing, and you were uh, – none of these are signings that were official until 4 o'clock on Wednesday, although I think technically Drew Brees can sign since he's signing. Yes, yeah, so if you re-sign your own guy, then it's you can do whatever you Talk want. Yeah. official, but like Kirk Cousins can't – "Quote unquote visit with right. the Vikings." Uh, you nailed it. You said it from the beginning. The only two teams involved were the Vikings and the Jets. Turns out the Jets weren't even involved, and he's going to go to the Vikings on a three-year, fully guaranteed deal. I'll let Pete explain to us why Kirk Cousins is a hero in a second. But what are your thoughts on uh, Kirk Cousins with the Vikings, Jason? I, I mean, look, it's uh, it's a boomer bust move to give him what's going to turn out to be a little under $90 million essentially guaranteed and then let him walk in three years at age 32. I mean, look at what Alex Smith just got at age 36 from the Redskins. So it, there's a danger. They have a three-year window now. I mean, and I, 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 that, that term is thrown around too much. It gets overused, but, but this couldn't be more finite. They are giving him $90 million and only buying three years of his services for it. You know, in other words, you're guaranteeing that much money. Normally, to guarantee that much money, it would be at least a five-year contract. You know, at least you you got you 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 give him that much money, um, but you own him it through you know into his mid-thirties. That's not the case here, so it's a gamble. I'm a Cousins guy. I think he'll be really good. I don't know what kind of play caller John DeFilippo is. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. And what you did last year doesn't guarantee you anything in the new year. Saying all that, um, I get it. How can you not get it? He's the best quarterback available. They think they're a quarterback away. How much will he outperform uh, Keenum next year? Is he is he $12 million a year better than Keenum? I, I guess we're going to find out. The only other thing I would say is, I mean, the Jets were in it. Jets didn't get a visit, but, I mean, trust me, the Jets – had numerous conversations with his agent, and they made it very clear, you know, how much they wanted him and what they were willing to spend. At the end of the day, though, the Vikings doing this, it makes sense for Cousins because he's going to get another massive, unless he has a catastrophic injury. Even if he doesn't win, if he just keeps putting up Kirk Cousins' numbers, at age 32, someone's going to, and, and, and in a, uh, with a new CBA, basically, either having been negotiated or, or already there, he's going to get another massive payday, Pete. It's, it's phenomenal. He and Sam Bradford have, like, gamed the system like nobody else, except the difference is Bradford came in with $60 million guaranteed, and Cousins came in as a backup fourth-round pick. Yeah, uh, he's going to get another big contract if he plays well. I mean, look. I mean, if he just keeps doing what he's done. Well, here's the bottom I mean, line. Just... Here's the bottom line on it, Jason. If the, if the guy doesn't win his Super Bowl, this is a bad signing, period, because they went to the championship game with Case Keenum, who, by the way, is about $12 million cheaper right now. If they don't win, not get there, if they don't win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, it's a fail, period, end of story, yeah. if he plays and stays on the field. Now, if he got hurt, that's a whole other issue. But if he's on the field 
and they don't win a Super Bowl, epic fail by the Vikings. Agreed? There's no other way to there's no other way to size it up. And this is the second time that we've seen Rick Spielman. First he did it with the picks for Bradford. Now he's doing it with this unprecedented contract structure for, for Cousins. It's the second time he, he's gone basically all in. Um on a quarterback, and, and, and let's face it, desperate, right? They weren't, they weren't keeping Bridgewater, right? And they weren't keeping um, Keenum. So it was either get this done with Cousins or let Howie Roseman screw me over again in a trade for Falls. I mean, this was it. <laughs> so that's, I mean, he got a lot of accolades last year, exec of the year, and, and yeah, that's great. They, they've had a nice run there, but they've also done a lot of questionable stuff over the years. And this is a boomer bust move. You, this is like when it's it's equivalent to when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, right? You either win a Super Bowl with this cat in the next three years, or no. That there was another there was another part of that that, that Peyton Manning going to the Broncos allowed them to get rid of Tim Tebow, which is well one of the things they all wanted to do anyways. Nobody else allows them to get rid of Tim Tebow, so that was twofold. But, but from an expectation yeah, standpoint, well, we and, didn't know and, he, and he was signing else. a guy who this has is equivalent to that. Yeah, not really, because this guy's healthy. You weren't sure about Peyton Manning. No, I don't. I, I think this is you're all in on him. He better win a title. He better win a title. The other thing here at play, Mike Zimmer is a defensive coach who's run the football and played great defense. Is he going to allow DeFilippo and Cousins to change what he believes is the way to win in the National Football League? That's that's well, a big. Slung it around pretty good last year. I mean, yeah, but he didn't. He, but that's Cook what went down. But but they, they they look. They took some gambles. Now Case Keenum. Is, I mean, but that's he, what he, he. But he didn't he like that. He didn't like that though. That's why he didn't. That's why part of the reason why they didn't want Keenum back. And if Cousins gets into that mold, I mean, is he gonna is he gonna put up with that? I, I mean, look, if they just paid eighty seven million dollars or whatever it was eighty eight million for a game manager, they got problems. Hey, Jason, from a from a contractual standpoint, with the deal fully guaranteed, and I think people will wonder this. How much wiggle room do the Vikings have from a salary cap perspective with the contract being fully guaranteed? Can they? Do well, a- you can't prorate anything over any more than three years. So, I mean, uh, there's only so many ways you you can skin that cat. I mean, the base salaries. I mean, look, let's. How are you? Okay, let's say you want to give them a whole bunch of upfront money. Well, again, you're only prorating over three years, so you're not getting that much of of a. Uh, um, uh, there's not too much funny business you can do. You can't do future option bonuses and roster bonuses. I mean, I haven't seen the full structure yet, and I don't. Frankly, I'm not even sure that everything is fully agreed to. But it's going to be a pretty big nut. There's, there's no. You don't have fake years dangling out there that you know the guy's not going to be there for. Where you can stash a lot of, you know, base salary he's never going to get, and a couple of bonuses he's really going to have to earn, and then make it look good from cap purposes. I mean. The, look, the, the Jets were willing to front load a contract significantly, so there was no way that the Vikings were going to get out of this without having a pretty big nut on their cap each of these three years. So basically, the, the Jets were willing to front load it and say, "Hey, look, we're going to give you an obscene amount of guaranteed money, an obscene amount over the first three years." And the Vikings said, "Look, we'll just give you three years, and it's fully guaranteed." Yeah. All of a sudden, Cousins has now, by the end of this deal, he's going to have spent five years. Playing fully guaranteed for more than a hundred and twenty-five million dollars—that is insane. Will he have a playoff win to show for that? But I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But just will he? I'm just. But will he? Look, Pete. He's got. He's got a look. That like the, the Redskins. I don't know which year you may think they had a playoff roster, but I mean, I, I 
I don't know how many times we've gone into a season and been like, boy, look out for the Redskins in the NFC. Well, but they had Certainly not since two years RG3's ago, rookie Jason, year. Two he's, years ago, he he's had a got playoff. a playoff roster now. If he doesn't win now, I get that argument. But, I mean, he, he's only going to be so transcendent. And I don't think he is but transcendent. Jason, but he can be a very, very good quarterback ago. with some stuff around him. And he's got that. So he's got no excuses. All he had to do was beat the Giants two years ago when he was a Oh, my God. Team. One game he had. Go, dude, go people have bad games. Go win. Not in the moment. If you're a quarterback making that kind of money, getting that kind of contract, you've got to win in the moment. All right. Uh, Every single time. So basically, well, that when you're means, at home like, playing against never a... lose in December and never no, lose in the playoffs. No, but Jason, okay. he's playing at home against a team that the already clinched. The Giants' clenched. defense was good that year. Didn't they I mean, are, I, they I don't already clinched. Like... Quit defending your guy. Well, all right, look, let's let's. He laid an egg in a, in a spot he shouldn't have, but the Giants came to play trying to ruin the Redskins' season. Yeah, and the Giants' defense was swarming that day. I mean, again, it's not like he lost to a team that was three and thirteen with the season on the line. Well, from a perspective, all right, so we. Really quickly, sum up the Kirk Cousins signing in one word, Pete Prisco. Dicey. Jason. I would, ballsy was what popped to mind. I mean. Works. No, that works. It, All right. It could end up being, though. That's not I one mean, word. He said one word. Could, Stop it. He said one it could word. Be unnecessary. I mean, I guess here's the thing that what we'll never know is. It wasn't unnecessary. You know what I mean? Because c- could you have plugged in Keenum or Bridgewater or somebody else and still won a Super Bowl in the next three years but done it with a whole lot more um, room for error because oh. you, your cap would be significantly different? Well, that sort of segues into my next question because the I, I liked what the Broncos did, not from a perspective of we got Case Keenum, but from a perspective of we're, we're not going to – mess around with this cousin stuff. We're not going to, we, we see that we're not going to be involved in the sweepstakes. We're going to make a move. We're going to get Case Keenum. We're going to bring him in. We're going to make him happy. And then I think Pete, even if you don't like Case Keenum, you can admit that he is a, a pretty good fit if they're going to run some sort of Gary Kubiak offense. And it gives the Broncos, as Jason just pointed flexibility, particularly as it relates to the number five spot. If a guy is there that they like, they can take him at number five, and if they decide that they don't like a guy at five, they can go with Chubb or Saquon Barkley or Minka Fitzpatrick or Quentin Nelson or Derwin James, whoever they want. It gives them flexibility in in that regard, and I think I like it from that perspective. He's a clipboard holder. I mean, he's he's keeping the seat warm for the next guy. That's what he's doing. Look, I like Case Keenum. I I think Case Keenum is is – you know, I, I've liked him since he came out of school. I'll be honest with you. And I, you know, I wrote a story, a column on him at the combine to saying that, but he's waiting for the next guy to take his job. Let's be honest. They're going, they're probably going to draft a quarterback in the first round. And if they do that case, Keenum will play this year. Right. And then yeah. he'll yep. probably be gone next year or not gone, but the other kid will play. That's the reality of well, here, Here's what they got to hope for though. Right. They got to hope he pays well plays well because if he plays well two years in a row and then you got him for what would be his third year as a starter but his second year in denver at 18 million dollars i got news for you that's a that's a nice tradable chip correct if, you know what i mean if you th- if if you think this other kid is ready the problem for them is john elway hasn't found the right young quarterback ever no he hasn't yeah, elway john elway hasn't been good in the draft outside of von miller and and like and Derek wolf and who else? Malik Jackson, maybe, right? I mean, those those are like his three guys that he's he's gotten in the draft. Well, didn't he find Chris Harris is an undrafted free agent? I thought Harris was before he was, was in he? charge. But... I don't think so. I think uh, he, was... I think so. he right. extended him. I don't think he found him. 
I think he found him. At any rate, I mean, look, John Elway went all in on Paxton Lynch in the first round, and maybe that was desperation, uh, whatever it was. Do you trust John Elway making the decision at number five with the quarterback here, um, or are they better off going with a different player and trying to win now? They got to get a quarterback. Oh, is that to me? I thought. Go ahead, Pete. Oh, no, they got to get a quarterback. If they like one of the guys, we don't know. They might not like any of these guys. I mean, that's that's the 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 thing that none of us know yet. We don't. If they don't like any of them, then you go get another player. But if you like one of them, you take him, draft him, and develop him, and make him your long term starter. Look, eight years from now, do you think Case Keenum's a quarterback for the for the Denver Broncos? And how many years? How many months eight. now? Five. Five. Five months from now? No, five years. Yeah, the season hasn't even started. No, five years. Oh. Keenum, he said a two-year deal that could be a one-year deal. No, I don't think he's there in five years. Then you draft one. You have to draft one then. End of story. Of course, I don't think it's really under debate. I mean, I... I, Well, he just asked me the question. What what planet are you on, Jason? Are you, like, is your mind somewhere else today? Well, I'm trying to... I'm multitasking right now. Yeah, I, I am. But, I mean... The question is, who's there at five? Do they have to move up to get people? Do, do, um, and does, and then does, does, can Elway identify the right guy? I mean, it's going to come down to that. But no, this signing doesn't preclude them from doing anything at the quarterback spot, just like the Jets with, if it turns out to be McCallum and Bridgewater, that's not going to stop them from drafting a guy if he's there. What these moves have done, though, more than anything else now, is I think it, it's it's even more obvious that people want to talk about Barkley one and all these other people going Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, Chubb, quarterback. There is going to be a run on quarterback. Yeah, but but Jason, here's I, the possibility at the top of the draft. If you're the Browns and you have a similar grade on three guys and you don't have a a grade on a guy, one of those quarterbacks significantly higher than the others then what you do is you take Chubb in that spot and then you come back at four and get the one guy that, that is graded the same as the other two and you take him right there. That's what I would do. Now, if you I have, mean, if you think they're all that similar, like right. if you think they're all like, eh, any one of these four is fine. You then you, I, I don't, I, that's pretty rare to me, especially at that position. I, I mean, I, cause they, they could go two and three and now you're, and, and what if they take the two guys that you have together? Well, I'm saying if you have three together, you have, say, Allen, Rosen. Mean, really? You can't well, separate three of them. You, well, you, you can really separate just, them, like, but what I'm saying. 80s three, no. I can totally live with no. and will absolutely right. be my franchise. Because I'll be star. honest with you, I'll be honest with you. I would pick, take Allen. That's who I would take, but I would be okay taking Chubb at one and coming back at four and getting Rosen. I'd be okay with that if I'm them. Darnold what if Allen and Rosen go second and well, third? Got, I guess it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if Allen and Rosen are your guys, what's the guarantee that one of those two is there? Well, maybe they like and Darnold now you're just as much. picking a guy because he's the next guy. No, maybe they like Maybe they're all lumped together. See, if they're all lumped together, if, they're, if say they got a grade of 10, 9.9, and 9.85, then, uh, then if that's the case, you're probably rigging your board to make that. Then subconsciously, if, if you think they're all that close, as much work as they've done on these kids, then you're probably rigging your board to set up a trade subconsciously because there's no way. I mean, but you don't take Barkley. I, I have in a that, hard time buying that. You don't scenario. take Barkley in that scenario ever, though. You take Chubb 
And then if you do have the quarterbacks all ranked together and then you come back. Personally, me, if I had a high grade on one of the quarterbacks, I'm taking the quarterback. You gotta solve the spot. And if they take the quarterback, then they come back at four. I'm still not taking Barkley. I'm Why taking- not just take your quarterback and under that scenario, maybe somebody else takes Barkley or Chubb before four and you still are gonna have people needing a quarterback. Here, here's what I'm saying. I'm taking my guy at one because you're still gonna be able to trade. Somebody's gonna want a quarterback at four. We've got, Arizona is renting a dude with degenerative knees for a year. I got news for you. He's got to get a quarterback, and he can't just sit there and wait for the fifth or sixth best one either. Right? Let's talk, let's talk about that. The Ravens at 16 are very much in play for a quarterback, and they may have to move up to get one. Buffalo's already stalking. The Jets now need one because they didn't get Cousins. Um, and I, who am I miss? I'm missing like two other teams. Denver, right? Denver's now you got the Denver and the Jets both there in the top eight who now need one. If one of them gets cousins, they don't. Well, now they both need one. Like, good luck getting too cute with quarterbacks because there's going to be people who are going to be highly motivated to get the two, three, four, wherever to get them. Dorsey needs – if anything, to me, if I'm watching everything that happened today and I'm Dorsey, I'm saying I'm getting my quarterback at one, and then trade. if I can trade out of four and still get a Fitzpatrick two spots down because it's quarterback, 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 then I'd rather take that gamble – then trade out of one and pray that one of the two guys I really love is still there at four. I, I tend to agree with that. And let's, I mean, look, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Browns, but let's gear back. You mentioned Sam Bradford going to Arizona. $20 million, I think $15 million guaranteed on a one-year deal with a one-year option. I, I, look, I'm not – I like to spend things optimistically when possible. I think you could make the case that this is reminiscent of the Carson Palmer move in that it's an older guy, former first-round pick – Tons of upside. Theoretically, you're able Tons to get of upside. I mean, Bradford played. He got to play. What is upside? When you last six games, he's last six years, he's missed more games than he's played. I mean, upside. They're going to get a quarter. They're going to get a quarterback. He's a he's a, he's like Keenum. They're just going to you know play the stop gaps, and then they're going to get a quarterback. Can they definitely get up high enough to get the quarterback that they want? You want to? You can you can go do whatever you want if you're going to give up what, what you need to go get there. They can get there. If you give up first, see the the risk you run is if you give up a and look. Don't be wrong. You end up like the Texans, and the Texans got Deshaun Watson, so they'll be fine with it. But they gave up the number four pick in this year's draft. That's not that's not ideal. I mean, well, you obviously didn't think that JJ. I mean, uh, they didn't think Watt was going to hurt and Merciless was going to hurt, and then Watson was going to look like the obviously consensus rookie of the year, and then he was going to get hurt, and Dwayne Brown was going to hold out, and I mean, it was it was a bit of a perfect storm there. Now, if, oh, I'm, I mean, if I'm Arizona, I, I you know I'd try and go up and get one without a doubt. They should have drafted Mahomes last year, but they didn't. They didn't. Well, they, stood, they stood. They stood pat. Right. They, they could have moved up and gotten Mahomes, and and they didn't do it. So I, I think that's something they regret from a year ago. But look, the bottom line is, if you don't have the franchise quarterback, that stopgap guy is only going to get get by for, you know, can he count on eight games for Sam Bradford? But if you get eight games out of him and you draft one, then he goes out in eight games. You play the kid the rest of the way. That's so the, do you like this? Do you like the Sam Bradford signing? I mean, look, these none. I don't like any of these quarterbacks. There's only one good quarterback signing today, and it happened in New Orleans. That's it. Okay, it's the only one. Let's get to that. <laughs> and talking about heroes who took less money, how about Drew Brees? The reports are, Pete. I don't know if you guys can uh, confirm this, but Arizona offered. Uh, Drew Brees, $60 million over two years to leave New Orleans. Tom Condon brought it to him. Brees was impressed. Brees said, no, thank you. I'm going to take the $50 million for two years and stay in New Orleans. He takes less to stay there. 
Pete, what do you think about Drew Brees as the as the sentimental hero here, taking less money to help the Saints? But he's taking less money. And I was told by somebody that knew him very well that if the money got funny, he might leave. Obviously, he didn't think $5 million a year was that much difference. But you got to remember, he's got all those businesses in New Orleans, right? I mean, Jason, he's got Jimmy John's. He's got a couple others. He's got yeah. a bunch of businesses. He's the face of the city. I mean, not that anybody was going to stop going to Jimmy John's because he left. But you still got to, you know, maybe he wants to open 10 more Jimmy John's. Maybe he wants to open other restaurants down there. The guy's smart. He's a businessman. That $5 million would be nice in your pocket right now. In his mind, he's probably sitting there saying, I'll make that up times 15 by staying here for the next 25 years. And and so it makes well, sense. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, he, endorsements and everything else, he's he's sort of tied to that team, as you, as you noted. And he's always been a mercenary, but he's been smart about it. He's never come off as a mercenary. You know what I mean? Because he's always gotten the same team. Like, Darrell Reeves is a mercenary, but he's changed teams to do it. I mean, Drew has basically just put the gun to the Saints' head every single time he could, but he's done it with a smile and with the fans always in his corner, kind of like Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Like, Peyton got every penny he could get, but he did it with a smile, and he was very endearing, and he's charming, and he handles himself well with the media, and he always had the PR you know, stuff in his back pocket. So it, it, it doesn't really get talked about or brought up, but – I mean, I guess he maybe did him a solid, but like, what's he? I mean, Arizona, like, I mean, I don't know. Minnesota would have been the only team where had Minnesota, you know, had Minnesota not got Cousins, that was the one team where I was like, they, because of where they are as a team and everything around them, I could see him, him saying, all right, I got a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl here. But I mean, him going to Arizona would be a bit like Emmett Smith going to Arizona at the end. You know, it's just like, really, bro, you're gonna, you're like that. You think that team is? That team has talent. You're gonna you're gonna put them on your shoulders and win a Super Bowl. That next team has year? talent on defense, especially. Well, I think the important thing here for the for the car, and I wrote about this yesterday, but the important thing for the Cardinals and the Vikings, and to a little bit lesser extent the Broncos, was to to make some offers to Drew Brees, if only to drive up his price and try and increase the leverage. Now it didn't ultimately work because the Saints gave what they gave, and Drew Brees took what he took. And there's also an account that Tom Condon wasn't in the room when Drew Brees and Mickey Loomis hashed this thing out, which is a little weird. And Brees, if you read Mike Triplett's story talking to Brees, Brees like literally apologized to Tom Condon. He's like, I love my agent, but I had to do what I had to do. I think there's something to be said for a 39-year-old guy not wanting. And I I get, A, you don't want to disrupt the business. B, you're probably going to leave your kids there. So then your kids have to go to school where, I mean, don't rule out the fact that like other kids at that school are making fun of him for dad leaving and like, like, bro, would your dad leave? I mean, you said, you don't want to uproot your life at 39 when you're that close to ending your career and you are the face of New Orleans. And in theory, you're, you have a Super Bowl window here of two or three years. It's a little surprising, I think, though, that Jimmy Graham goes to the Packers on a day when Drew Brees takes less money. Um, that's a, that's going to sting a little bit, right, Jason? I think, look, the, the reunion made sense, but I think, you know, it made sense on their terms. And this was a player who, remember, when he left a few years back, they were down on him. I mean, you didn't have to go very far talking to people in that organization to hear the word soft and basketball player and, you know, not who we thought he was being thrown around. Uh, you know, it was pretty acrimonious between him and the Saints when they pulled, you know, around the time they, they pulled that trade off. And he has it. He has been brittle. And he he isn't the same guy he was, and he doesn't, you know, 
he's not running away from people anymore. He's not making deep downfield catches. The touchdowns he catches, you know, are usually eight, ten yard, you know, dink and dunk things. And yes, he still has, you know, some value. But the Saints weren't going to go in a bidding war for this cat. I mean, they weren't going to be like, oh, we absolutely got to have Jimmy Graham back. I mean, uh, as we're speaking right now, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's getting interest from Seattle and Atlanta and a little bit from Baltimore and certainly from, from the Saints. I mean, there's other younger guys out there who teams like a little bit. So um, Green Bay, let's face it, they sort of got in a situation where they're swinging and missing with a lot of young people, and they got a rookie GM. So they were going to get somebody. They were going to win a bidding war for somebody, and, and it ends up being Jimmy Graham. Um, so basically the, just, Saints won the, the Saints won the Jimmy Graham trade. Yeah, sure, because Jimmy Graham's already yeah. got another yeah. team, and Max yeah. Unger's still there. Yeah, Saints won yeah. the Jimmy Graham trade. Um, I want to talk about Andrew Norwell. Okay. Well, uh, boy, that's a lot of money for a guard. Jacksonville paid him a boat. I mean, you, I, I mean – I guess, I mean, look, it's not my money. It's Shot Khan, and he's willing to spend it. But you're playing a guard like a left tackle. I mean, that blows my mind. Well, they now have the highest-paid center and the highest-paid guard in the league. I mean, and to me, here's the thing. You probably could have gotten Josh Sitton for $7 million a year for the next two years, right? Yeah. Is is Andrew Norwell $6 million a year better than Josh Sitton? I... No, he's not. He's good. I'm not going to say he's not good. I think he's darn good. I had him ranked, I think, second on my list of free agents or third. I think he's darn good. But when here, you're willing to pay him more than Gettleman's willing to pay him, and the desperate situation Gettleman's in, where they're trying to do a rebuild, a rebuild, or a retool on the fly, when right. they could probably rebuild, and he knows the guy inside out, and he had him as an undrafted free agent, and you're willing to go further than him, and trust me, he was all in. Well, here, here's the other concern I have with it, and I sent this tweet out and got all Jacksonville people went nuts on me. They're going to ground a pound again. You can't win that way consistently in the NFL. I don't care what they did last year. They had a great season. They, 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 they kind of had no injuries on defense. They had two games lost on defense. You can't count on that. Wow. And they have to get better outside. Now, they signed Moncrief. You know, granted, he's not great. They brought Marquise Lee back. I think they'll draft a tight end. I think they'll draft a wide receiver. But Dude, that money, again, we, I have not, these contracts are not entered in the management council database right. and they're not entered in the NFLPA database yet either. But if they gave Marquise Lee $18 million guaranteed. Why didn't they just, which you know, what you know is payable over two years. I mean, so that's an average of at least nine a year in the first two years alone. He probably got 11. I, yeah, yeah. 11, 11 or so, but they liked him. Oh, really? You don't think that's exorbitant? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have gone what, after what, what did Paul just, what did Paul Richardson do whatever I can to keep Allen If what that's was, what I'm willing to give Lee, no. Allen Robinson was coming off Robinson. an ACL. You're gonna get him for if you would have tagged him, you get him for a year, he's on the ACL. That made no sense. Now if he couldn't have worked out a deal for I didn't him. I say tag him, I say just give him I want him on a multi year deal. I'm just gonna outbid the Bears. But why don't you just tag him and negotiate a deal with him based off the tag that gets him for three years and you say, Look, dude, You've got, I mean, we'll start with 16. We'll throw, I mean, you're going to, you, if you tag him, then you negotiate a three year deal with him when he can't hit free agency. You're going to get him for cheaper than he would get him for the Bears anyway. And a guy coming off an ACL isn't going to want to gamble on himself on a one year, $16 million deal. They, Dude, they offered him a contract for Lee. Then I, I, I was one of the few who was like, be, I would never tag Robinson, 
But if that's what I had to do to keep Lee, then I'm tagging Robinson. Right. Lee, hey, Lee's played more games than Robinson in their career. Alan Robinson. The last couple of years. No, in his career. He's played, Robinson missed eight games in the first year. He's played more games. And he's coming off an That's ACL. Fine. He's, he's, he's a better. Guy. Robinson's better I'm than sorry. Lee. Marquise I agree. Lee is a guy. I agree. But you know what? You look at all you these guys are guys. Which, your, which guys? If you're, if you're carrying six receivers, three of them are Marquise. Which Lee. guys that are getting paid are just, not more than just guys? Is Sammy Watkins a guy? He's a he's he's, he's a guy. Yeah, he's just, right. So look, okay. With him, it's the same thing as Bradford. If Sammy Watkins, if Doug Whaley doesn't go gaga and trade up to get a guy who. He would have just had if he stayed there, or he could have just taken Odell Beckham. If he doesn't go gaga and make a blockbuster trade for him, and then enable him, and then the Rams don't give up a two for him last year, he's getting Marquise Lee money. Because that's probably what he should get. He's he's a guy. He's, is Paul Richardson because of where he was drafted? Is Paul Richardson a guy? The trade last year. Is Paul Richardson a guy? I like Paul Richardson. He averaged 16 yards a catch last year. He could run. But based on what he's done so far... He's just a guy. Well, yeah, many... but I, I would take my shot with Paul Richardson, who has an attribute that you can't teach, which is true. I'm with pop, you. Pop burner speed. What, what was his deal? What was his deal? year, which is probably really two years, $16 million, when we see the actual breakdown. I bet they're out of it in two years with no more than $16 million committed. I'd rather take that flyer than Marquise Lee, who is not going to do anything special. Look, the so bottom line is... Think- what do you think happens to the Jaguars' offense next year, Pete? I mean, look, because the reality is, at least if you add Norwell, you got Linder at center, you have some guys that can move people around. Robinson will be a second-year player at left tackle. Parnell will come back; he's healthy again. It's a good game, but but here's okay. Here's the concern: is they're going to be power team again? But here, I'm going to say this because I've talked to a lot of people about this. They need to be good on the offensive line because the running back doesn't make people miss. The running back doesn't make anybody miss. When the hole's there, he's fantastic. He'll rip right through that and run over somebody for a couple extra yards. But he's not going to make anybody miss. And I've talked to people in the organization about that. I've talked to other running backs about that. He's a talented kid who doesn't cut back. and does. If you go watch the tape from him last year, you can count pretty much on your hand the number of times he made somebody miss. That's just not who he is. But when the hole's there, he can run. And he gets a head of steam going. He's tough to bring down. So I think it makes sense from that standpoint. I just get worried that they're going to be far too conservative again. And you guys know, you can have those seasons where your defense plays great. You don't lose any games to injuries. The ball bounces your way. And you end up in a championship game. But for sustainable success in the NFL, you better be able to chuck the potato around a little bit. Okay, we got we saw six wide receiver signings. I want you to, can you, this may be tough to do, but I want you to rank them. Best to worst, Sammy Watkins to the Chiefs, Allen Robinson to the Bears, Richardson to the Redskins, Marquise Lee back to the Jags, Albert Wilson, and Danny Amendola to the Dolphins. It's hard to say until you see the real numbers, man. How about from a fit standpoint? Yeah, that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't I think Paul Richardson is the best. I think Paul Richardson is the best. I like Paul Richardson a lot. Just give me the best and the worst, if you want. Paul Richardson's the best? Mm-hmm. Wilson's sneaky good, and the worst, if the money is what Jason says it is, Marquise Lee, it's way too much money. I don't, what I don't get about the Wilson thing is why do they get Wilson and Amendola? 
and got rid of Jarvis Landry. Well, Jarvis Landry averaged 8.8 per catch. He like, can't, just he can't, doing that's... Amendola at, at six and a half a year or whatever, I'm totally fine with it. Why did they get two slot guys? Well, I, I think they're, they're going to play Wilson just, outside. They got rid of the ultimate slot guy and then added two more slot guys. No, I, think I, don't, I wouldn't call him the ultimate slot guy. I, I would not. You can't average 8.8 per catch. As, like, as, as yeah. one of the receiver coaches told me, I told you that last week, you, you, if, you averaged, if you didn't average 10 back in the day, you weren't getting a contract. And now look at this guy. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean ultimate slot guy is complimentary. I just meant he just gets 8.8 per catch and led the league in catches. Uh, the other big piece of wide receiver news, Jordy Nelson getting cut. Were you surprised, Jason? Yes, I, I was, um, because I had heard that Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it's Aaron Rodgers guy and Aaron Rodgers is back from injury and they're trying to win this year. And I'd heard that, you know, he had let people know on that staff and in that front office, you know, how much he thought of Jordy Nelson and, and what he thought they could still do together next year. Um, and I, I get it, you know, Jordy catches a lot of those five, seven, nine-yard passes around the goal line, which is what Jimmy Graham does now. But, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised. I, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, but I, I thought that was a risk that the, that the Packers would be willing to take. See, I think – Getting Graham will help open up the other guys on the outside. You can't double them all. And I think that one of the things that's missing in their offense was the threat in the middle of the field. Can Graham run like he could run five years ago? Probably not. No. But Jordy Nelson can't run at all anymore. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't separate at all. And, and so, you know, he'll find a job as like a three receiver on some team and probably be a nice complimentary player, but he can't run anymore. And that showed up when, when he came, he was, you know, back in the day, he could run. Now, after the yeah. knee injuries, he can't run anymore. So I, I get it from the Packers standpoint. They also need to start playing some of those young receivers that they drafted. They, they get to bring these guys in. And, and believe me, I know people in that organization have been pushing to play the young receivers and they don't play them. You know, like Allison, they don't play those guys. They got to start playing these guys. Do you think that the Bears have done enough to be competitive from an offensive standpoint, adding Trey Burton, adding Allen Robinson, adding, oh boy, Taylor Gabriel? Was the other uh, the other the other ad, the other addition they put on that offense? Um, I mean, just on paper, it's kind of interesting if you buy into Trubisky, right, Jason? Yeah, I'm still a skeptic. Um, Me too. I, I I am. I mean, Burton again. You're projecting. I like that. Allen Robinson. But you're you hoping need, from an injury standpoint. Did you need Burton? And you're not paying Shaheen? these guys like you're projecting. You're paying them real money. And even Taylor Gabriel, other than when he was with Kyle Shanahan. Mm, so, I, I don't know, and I definitely don't know about Trubisky. And they've left themselves vulnerable. They've been very—they're spending all this money on other people's players, but like they could have protected Clay Meredith more, and they didn't in restricted free agency. Someone should test them. And I don't know why Kyle Fuller. I mean, for another two million bucks, if you're spending all this money for agent, why not just franchise Kyle Fuller and be done with it? Because there are teams preparing offer sheets now. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. And whether the Bears match it or not, I don't know. But I don't know why you don't protect some of the young assets they have there a little bit more. Do you think that the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers fans are freaking out. Um, they lose Andrew Norwell, lose Star Lutalele. They did have Rashard Breeland, which is a nice signing. Do you think the Panthers are in trouble next year, Pete? Well, I, I think, you know, Star didn't play that well last year or the no. last couple of years. He, he hasn't been, he hasn't been the same player. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a major hit for him. Uh, losing Norwell's a hit. I mean, but again, he's a guard and that number got crazy. I, I, I can understand why you wouldn't pay him. 
Look where they found him. They undrafted. He's undrafted. You can find guys and make him into that kind of player. So I, I don't think they've taken that much of a hit, to be honest with you. Do you think, Jason, that Patrick Mahomes has enough weapons around him for an explosive second year? I think we've got to understand that, like, he's still going to be a rookie. He's still going to throw a bunch of picks. He's going to make mistakes. He's a He's already got a lot of gunslinger in him. So, I mean, you can put all the weapons in the world around him. Around him, that's great. He's still going to have to learn on the fly. This is way different than anything he saw in college. And he's he's got – I'm a big Mahomes guy. I mean, that's well chronicled. But, like, that Me doesn't too. mean the Chiefs are going to playoffs with him as a rookie. It doesn't mean he's not going to throw, you know, 14, 15 picks. It, it, it will have amazing plays as well. But, like – and I'm not an Alex Smith guy. But Alex Smith at year 15 versus Patrick Holmes and Mahomes, which is really uh, year one, I got news for you. He ain't going to come close to Alex Smith's season last year. And even with Alex Smith's season last year and all those weapons, they really did diddly-poo in January. So, you know, I think people need to let the kid breathe and not pretend this is something that it's not, which is a reboot. Um, and then the other big news that dropped – Right as we were starting to record this podcast. By the way, the, the, did we mention that the Jaguars got Dante Moncrief? So they got him too. Yeah, we Exciting. did. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought so. I'm losing track of everything today. Um, Titans signed Malcolm Butler, the Super Bowl GOAT for the Patriots, and gave him a five-year deal that's worth more than $61 million, Pete. you like the? Do you like the deal, and do you like the money involved? I do like the deal, and I like the player. Uh, look, I think, what they did to him, I think what they did to him last year – was they got into his head right from the start. It started with the talk of the trade. They signed Gilmore. They paid Gilmore. He was sitting there saying, what about me? Because he had played well. You know, he wasn't just a Super Bowl hero. He had become a good quality corner. And then he didn't get paid. He went into the season, didn't play as well. Then the Super Bowl stuff, whatever happened there, he didn't play. By the way, it cost him the game. He didn't play. And now he's uh, clearly it didn't matter. They probably did their due diligence on it and found out that indeed all it was was a dumb benching by the genius. And and so they they brought him back and and they didn't bring him back. And now the Titans got him. Titans got Logan Ryan, him, and a Dory Jackson. Now they have three corners who can cover. That's what you have to have in this league. Yeah, I like Butler. I like I like Butler. Um, and I I do think he got he got done wrong a little bit. And that whole Gilmore thing threw him off in the beginning. I will say this, though, you know, what the Saints had on the table for him last year was legitimate money, and he turned it down. And I don't, it's pretty comparable to what he got this year. So, you know, part of the reason he didn't get paid last year is because he didn't like what the Saints had, and, and he wanted to hit free agency. And unfortunately for him, he hit free agency under a cloud where he's the guy who got benched in the Super Bowl. So he should, you're saying he, you think he should have taken the money from the Saints? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Think about that. The reason that trade didn't happen is because he he wanted more money. Yeah, I mean that's just a fact. Interesting. What if if the Saints do pull off that trade, they don't? Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the draft plays out differently in terms of how things work out. But that's am I missing anything else? They probably the don't draft Lattimore if they make that trade. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Maybe they draft yeah. Oster in that spot instead. Who knows? Hmm. Interesting. Good. What if? Maybe we'll explore that down the road when we run out of things to talk about. We did not run out of things to talk about on the second day of free agency. Pete Prisco, Jason Lockenford, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on the phone. I know you guys got to go do an HQ hit. 
Um, people who are listening won't be able to watch it, but you can check out HQ all throughout the week for the latest updates on the NFL. CBSSportsHQ.com will stream it on your Roku, Fire, Amazon TV, whatever. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Pick6Pod, at Jason Lockenfora, at Prisco CBS. Subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon.